You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, we're heading into the last weekend of February already, which is just crazy. Can you believe that? Crazy, wild, and wacky. wacky. It's wild and wacky stuff. Absolutely, we got a we got a, a big weekend of horses, horse stuff this weekend. We got the Tucson Rodeo finishing up on uh, th- on Sunday, and then uh, Rito Racetrack in the middle of there run right now right and if you're looking for reservations please call Cass at 520-940-2956 that's for reservations in the clubhouse should be glad to take care of you beautiful beautiful um is it a special weekend this weekend? Last weekend was Mardi Gras. We had a little fun with Mardi Gras. We're, that was a lot of fun. You know, we had beads and things like that. I uh, uh, I don't recall what it is this weekend. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun with the beads, and uh, everybody was wearing them, and uh, it was uh, quite jovial. A good weekend, too. Good handles, about 250000 a day. So Beautiful. we're happy with that. Yep. I think there was, um, you guys are having great in the knock-on Formica, but yeah. good, good fortune with the horses, everyone. Um, you know, the tracks, and uh, Vic Oliver is our track man, and he uh, has done such a great job. I, I Quite honestly, it's by far and away the best uh, racing surface in Arizona, uh, so there's two other tracks, but I mean, he uh, has just done a phenomenal job with that, and we've, we've uh, added a little bit more sand this year as well. We spent a lot of money on sand last year, and uh, he's done a great job with it and you know it's it's been a challenging season too because we've had rotten weather in the middle of the week where uh you you basically have a lot of rain and um you know he's sealed the track and uh it's draining well and you know like yesterday we had a a training session even though the weather wasn't all that great we had rain the night before and it was in great shape so and he's doing a wonderful job and the magic of the rock picker well, the rock picker was fan- fantastic too. I mean, that cost us a few thousand dollars, but uh, it was phenomenal because he came through and it, it basically took all the pebbles and rocks out of the out of the surface and makes it so much safer for not only the horses but the jockeys as well. Yeah, no, the jockeys are thrilled. Yeah, I mean, and the word's gotten out because we we've, we were getting shippers from uh, Albuquerque, El Paso, uh, you, you know, as far as California, um, and didn't used to get those. We have about two hundred horses on property, and then. We're we're getting shippers every every Saturday and Sunday as well. Yeah, seeing the horses coming from Santa Anita. Yeah, that's, like, isn't that something? That's <laughs> wild and wacky it, again. It certainly is. We're doing. We're just finishing up the list of Wilfred Brimley movies. Right. So we're down to his. Is number big, one. The Biggin. The Biggin. And this is a film that was done by, uh, directed by Ron Howard and came out in 1985, and it was called Cocoon. And it has an incredible supporting cast, including Wilford Brimley. But Don Amici uh, is a sidekick of Wilford Brimley's in this, and he won uh, he won Best Actor for this film uh, for in the Academy Award. Uh, Hugh Cronin is also in it, Brian Dennehy, Jack Guilford, uh, Steve Gutenberg, Maureen Stapleton. Um, and Jessica Tandy. So just just a, a great cast. And it's basically a fantasy story about aliens who have uh, who uh, put pods they couldn't take all, all their uh, uh, their brethren back to the planet uh, with them. so they, they left cocoons in the ocean and then they came back to retrieve them and they put them in a pool, but it's next to a nursing home. 
And well, a senior, I'm sorry, a senior home, right? Yes. So the seniors go over and trespass and swim in the pool and they find they've been rejuvenated because of these pods, the aura, the whatever that's these pods are putting out, these cocoons, and they feel like a million bucks. And it's it's just a great film. It's a feel good film. I, I mean, you, you walk out of the theater feeling real good about yourself. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, it's a good flick. Was it Ron Howard? It is a Ron Howard, yes. It is a Ron Howard, and it was eighty uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I'm looking through his IMDb. So, it was so Bunker said he played it. He was an actual blacksmith. Yeah, That's right. Which sounds perfect for he, Wilford, right? It's amazing. Could you couldn't you just see him, you know, pounding out some horseshoes or something? <laughs> so he plays a blacksmith in an episode of Kung Fu in 1975. Wow. He uh, played a character named Horace Brimley in a Walton's episode. He huh. was in, he was in ten episodes of the Walton. No kidding. Yeah, ten episodes of the Waltons. Wow. He was in the TV show. I didn't, I forgot they even had one called the How the West Was One TV show. I can't believe that. Was. I think I remember that. Yeah. So then then it comes down to your uh, your China syndrome in '79. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the TV movie The Wild Wild West Revisited, where he played President Grover Cleveland, which sounds exactly right. That's perfect. <laughs> you know what? Can you visualize him as Grover <laughs> Cleveland? Absolutely. Yeah. So he was an Electric Horseman with Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, then, he, then he's with Robert Redford again the next year with Brubaker, right? And then as you move through, then remember this, he's in some other things, right? Then he's in Absence of Malice. Yeah. Now, one place I, movie I didn't realize he was in, huh. he's in the remake of The Thing with Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot that he was yeah. in that, right? You know what's amazing is it, like he's playing with the same actors over and over again, which has got to tell you that those those starring actors like a Paul Newman probably want wanted him on there because they became friendly. Sure. Right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Ward Bond again, right? Ward Bond, yeah. Uh, 83 does Tender Mercies. Then he does a few other things. Then he does The Firm. Right. Right. Then he does Hotel New Hampshire. Right. Then he does The Natural. Then he does Then he does Cocoon. Then he does a few other things. Then he does your Raymo Williams. Yeah. Then he, uh, you know, almost ruins his career with Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. <laughs> Only Chris brought that up. Well, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Gotta make... Now, the one, the one movie that he's in that I'm a little wary about yeah. is uh, Where the Red Fern Grows Part Two. Do we really need a Part Two of the Red Where the Red Fern Red, <laughs> red Fern Grows? So, but um, well, good job. Yeah, we we didn't need a part two of that. The part one was en- devastating enough, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it, it has two puppies in it and all that jazz, and I'm kind of going, I don't want to know what goes on. You here. know, I think one day maybe we ought to do character actors, you know, and just you, you know the best ones out there, because God, there is an awful lot of them, aren't there? All right, there's your homework assignment. Yes, mm-hmm. Mark. Uh, yes, Matthew. Missed, so. yeah, I'm sorry if I missed it, but he was also uncredited in True Grit. The, the original. He was. Uh, yeah. Bunker brought that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. That was that on IMDb. That is his first listing as uncredited. Isn't that something? 1969 True Grit. And again, started kind of not as not as late as our boy Sidney Greenstreet. A 49 year old. I mean, think about that. Isn't it? And and you know, he was a bodyguard. He was a blacksmith. And all of a sudden, he gets into a couple of films as a stunt person. And and people like him. And uh, he he grows into all these different roles. It's fantastic. Well, have excuse me. First of all, thanks for all your efforts, as always. Absolutely. Everyone enjoys it's always, these movies. It's things. always fun. Yep. You know, you're the movie guy now. Movie guy. You know, I never called you movie guy until people called you the movie I, guy. I, well, you, uh, you've you seen it up close and personal, right? At I the mean, Christmas like, party. I recognize that voice. You're, you're the, the movie guy. So. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, well, before I let you go, is there anything that's come out recently that's caught your attention? 
You know, it, it's, I mean, we, it's keep, we keep going in the movies of 40 years because it's, it's so weird because, uh, you know, every week I'll, I'll go, Catherine, we got to go to a movie. I got to go, go see some new movies. And she goes, there's really nothing out there I want to see. So not lately. No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'll, I'll keep looking. Tuesday night, uh, the screening room downtown is uh, has my uh, King Crimson uh, documentary. Not for you, but it is it, it is happening on Tuesday. So, so sure. are, are you going to be there? I've already seen it. Oh, uh, so I got to I I got to get the, uh, the oh I got sneak the, preview. I got the sneak screener. Look at you, uh, me and Herbalicious to support <laughs> to support a legitimate interview. Yes, you are absolutely. correct. So excellent. Um, yeah, it was very good. They just missed a huge part of the career of one of the people that were very important in it and yeah so i i got that's my only problem with it. it's good but well well you know beggars can't be choosers all i know that's is what, like what al jardine of the beach boys is going to be uh playing at the uh, fox i think uh this summer sometime so i might have to check that out i've seen the beach boys probably like a dozen times but uh you know they're all, they're all up there <laughs> the ones that are remaining anyway. is your boy christopher cross uh touring anytime soon uh, I mean, you know favorites. i the last time, I, last, last time year. i saw him here a couple of a couple of years ago i saw him here he and here, he was he was wonderful i i thought he was really good he was here uh god it's fall like september i, I think October i think year. he was i think he was yep. i can't believe matt last weekend saw pablo cruz no oh, man i what, can't yes. believe it was it good awesome i bet yeah. yeah i like pablo cruz it's not that i it, this is not a criticism I found my of, place in the sun no, you, you better watch it's not a criticism Start throwing under the bus. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> First of all, I didn't know they were even alive and tor- or doing anything. Okay, right. So the idea that I haven't heard the word Pablo Cruz in 27 years. You oh, need come to get on. out more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so they 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 commented that uh, there was a, not that you want to hear, but there was a resurgence. Sure, I do. They, their phone started ringing when uh, Will Ferrell wore the Pablo Cruz shirt in uh, Step Brothers. Oh, the, the there you go. Scene. Yeah, that cla- that classic film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. The uh, well, Catalina wine mixer was a big scene in that movie. Just want to tell everyone that. So, uh, have it. Uh, may the horse be with you this weekend. At Absolutely. Yeah. Looking ag- forward to it. And again, post time one o'clock tomorrow. And also, thanks for bringing me these U of A kids. They've just been amazing. I I, I just love them. I, th- I it's so it it makes me feel good that there's people like this that are going into the industry. And I think uh, the industry has a chance of a reviving itself and and really uh, going to the next level. Again, it's what's so amazing about them. Yeah. Is not just their passion for horse racing. But their knowledge their of horse knowledge race. is incredible. I mean, they they go back and they're talking about stuff that I like have uh, maybe a vague recollection of. I mean, they're amazing. They really and truly are. Between you know, so Aldo and Mike talking about horses, right? And the scary part was when Mike's so uh, sorry Aldo's dad's a jockey, right? And he was talking about so his dad uh, races at Emerald Downs in Seattle, right? He's an exercise rider, Alamitos and Santa Anita in the winter, right? Uh-huh. And so I was telling about a horse that our blue chip planning fractional ownership thing. Yeah. He goes, what's the name of the horse? Right? And I say the name of the horse. He goes, oh, the big gray one. I go, what? Isn't that amazing? Right? He goes, oh, my dad broke that horse. Yeah. I was like, I mean, what? there's so many connections with uh, with horses. Like, like that's how that's amazing. Insane. Yeah. yeah that's nice. All right, let's go to Gloria for the movie guy. She doesn't even want to talk to me. She just want to talk to you. Yeah. So, well, Gloria, good morning. I gave her a good scent the other day. <laughs> anyway. Good morning. I, I don't want to talk about the movies. I want to talk about the horse races. So you can jump in, Christopher. Yes, ma'am. So, but. There is a Mexican lady, well, I can't remember her name, maybe Priscilla or something like that, 
and she keeps posting little videos on Facebook of Mexican people dancing at the racetrack to cumbia music. Yes. They're spelling it with... And those people are having a ball. Well, we, every Saturday and Sunday, we, we have entertainment, and we bring them on around 4 o'clock, and from 4 to 6... Uh, in between a couple of races and then uh, from five to six, they're just on their own. We have probably several hundred people over there dancing and just having a great time. So, yes. <laughs> There's people dancing by themselves, not even well, I, I've couple. seen that too. You know, it, 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 oh, beer is a wonderful, uh, <laughs> yeah, takes the intimidation factor away. <laughs> it's a little bit of an yeah, uninhibitor. Very, very nice. And I thought, surely that not, wasn't. I don't remember that. And where does this take part? It takes place in the far west end of the grandstand. So you, you know, you go outside of the grandstand, and in the where those bleachers are, right, right by where all the food trucks and the tent are. I I will send the word to to the people I know. Okay, I appreciate you it. Wanna, you want to dance this weekend? Go to Rito Downs. There you it's go. True. Thank you so much. As we like to say, get down at Rito Downs. That's what we tell. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, babe. Have a good weekend. All right, Mark, thanks for everything that you do. Thank you, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Have an amazing weekend. Will do. All right, the great Mark Van Buren. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Rat Pack Friday on the Mutt Music. Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Ah, Food Friday was so good. Teaching us how to do chili rellenos the right way. That was a very informative tip. This yeah. is great. So all this hubbub um, over this horrible, uh, I want to talk about this horrible thing in East uh, Palestine, Ohio, okay? So just to give you a little idea of the damage that this thing's doing, right? And again, optics perception is reality, right? So when you see uh, Buttigieg and uh, what's-his-face, uh, the president, turn a blind eye to them for what 20 days whatever it was while they're doing uh, fake air siren events with uh, Zelensky right so just to tell you um, the uh, watching Pete when he finally showed up he did blame Trump for this is where the Joy Behar stupid thing comes out of her pie hole right about regulations for this certain type of break so the NTSB, the National Traffic uh, Transportation Safety Board chair, was on with the people at a thing called CNN. And during her broadcast of the lead, uh, NTSB chair Jennifer Homendi stated that the electronically controlled pneumatic brakes would have made thing would make things safer when it comes to the East Palestine Ohio, Ohio derailment. Even with ECP breaks, the derailment would have occurred. The fire would have ensued, and the five vinyl chloride tank cars would have been vented and would still have to be vented and burned. So the thing that they're blaming Trump for, right? And they're blaming, and then Jay Behar stuck her nose, you know, basically her head up her own, you know what? And literally said that because that area of Ohio is rural and voted for Trump, that they pretty much deserved having this happen which is just sick. Amazing. Sick. And the checks keep coming from ABC. Well, what do they care? You know, Donald Trump can say a lot of weird things, a lot of puzzling things. Yep. He was at his best. He goes to Ohio. He goes to McDonald's. He 
You know, that's the whole thing. You want to relate as a candidate. You want to relate to the everyman. And he's like, I know this I know this menu better than you do, you know. <laughs> and he's out buying food for everybody, bringing water, and um, doing the good Trump stuff, not the ridiculous Trump stuff. Correct. I mean, that's where he's at his best. He's relating to people. He's, he's there with a, uh, you know, um, in a supportive role. Correct. 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 Um, NTSB, uh, this is back to home Andy. She said the ECP brakes would have not prevented the derailment. A wheel bearing failed on car number 23. So even with ECP brakes, the derailment would have occurred. The fire would have ensued. Um, what it could have done was maybe reduce damage where a couple of cars could have remained on the tracks, but we're going to do some modeling along the Federal Railroad Administration to determine just that. And uh, Buttigieg stated in his Twitter for the that uh, the Department of Edu- Transportation is constrained by law on some areas of rail regulation, like the ECP brakes rule, which is inferring that Trump, it's Trump's fault. So... All right, when we come back, um, let's talk about this politicization of everything. It's getting tiring. Wake up, Tucson, 1030 voice. All right, we're easing into a Friday. We got Jim Bednarik's birthday today, Juan Almanza's birthday, Mama D, Grandma D was uh, yesterday. Me and the uh, fam made our killer homemade pizzas, brought it over there. My brother got a cake. We had a good time with that. So here we are together. I was watching, I was listening to this morning. It was a debate from last November. Um, it's called, just put Monk Debate, M-U-N-K. It's, I think it's uh, from County Da. But uh, you had this really, uh, I mean, he's intelligent, but he's smarmy guy named Malcolm Gladwell with Michelle Goldberg on one side. Rep- he, Gladwell uh, is Canadian, but he, re- he works for uh, New Yorker magazine. Michelle Goldberg is with the New York Times. Matt Taibbi is a a New York, uh, sorry, a Rolling Stone guy for 15 years. Covered a lot of the post-2008 banking problem stuff. He uh, was tapped, but with Barry Weiss by um, Elon Musk to uh, write about all the Twitter file stuff that's coming out so prevalently. And this guy, Douglas Murray, who I've heard of before, but very smart guy, writes for the New York Post, English guy. And one of the things that um, Douglas Murray talks about in this debate, and I'll post it up later, unlike my Robert Malone interview that was not taken down by, yes, if you're just tuning in, my Robert, Dr. Robert Malone was taken down by YouTube literally within probably an hour of it going up just because it had his name in the title. So we'll figure it out. There's a... Dr. Malone's uh, follow uh, people that are tasked with following him and reporting anytime he speaks. I'm sure. I, I, I'm just, I, I don't even think anyone, I, I don't even think there was a conscious human being doing anything. I think Robert Malone was in the title and the algorithm automatically took it down. You think someone was working at two o'clock in the morning at YouTube yesterday? <laughs> <coughs> they got to keep up all their child porn sites while they're worrying about, they're worrying about Dr. Malone. So, um, but this guy, Douglas Murray, and Matt Taibbi was Matt was talking, starting off talking about the news, right? And the idea is that the news in the old days was there to represent, to to present news, right? To ask the questions, the hard questions, and present it for everybody. 
right? No matter what your political leaning was, that it would be, it would, it would, it would apply to all. And then he starts talking about um, how remember in the old days that Walter Cronkite, according to Gallup polls, as a newsreader, was considered the most trusted man in America. And where are we at now? And he talks about how um, a good portion of these news organizations, as especially in the last 10 to 20 years, decided part of the business model is echo chamber. Let's not worry about presenting news overall for everybody. Let's just do our echo chamber because our echo chamber is going to be a lot more forgiving if we don't do weird things like um, fact checks. And then, of course, the hit back from Malcolm Gladwell from The New Yorker is, oh, it, it made no sense. It was straw man kind of arguments about, um, oh, you're bringing up um, the days of Crawter Cronkite, where, of course, the news was only for white males. That was that was the answer. Ryan's like, no, you're, you're missing this. But what uh, Douglas Murray starts going through is what right now in the world, especially in North America, is not politicized. What, what, what is especially right now? Think about it. Things that you would never think were politicized are uber politicized now. Okay, so it's. I mean, look at the last three years. Healthcare is politicized, right? Hippocratic oaths and all that means nothing. Throw that crap out the toilet. Pol- politics in in healthcare, right? Then he even said, "Think about this." He goes. There's politics in the Supreme Court right now, more than ever, right? So my friend Eileen, who came on the show years ago, she teaches judicial politics at a major Midwest university, and she will tell you that basically, you know, you look at their previous cases, it's kind of like trying to be predictive of a judge's decision uh, based on not just their politics, but also what they've done in other cases or what they've, they've, they've written in other cases. But we're to a point now where the Supreme Court, other than, uh, well, I don't know about Roberts, but uh, we kind of know that uh, Sotomayor, KTJ, and uh, Kagan, they might just ignore the facts of the case and go, what's what's the good thing for the cause? And I guess there'll be some uh, some Democrats who say that Clarence Thomas, and I'll have that argument with you all day. So what's, you know, everything's church is politicized. And it's amazing that as a, is, I don't know, what, what is it that we've, we've come to a point as a society that our political leanings are our number one allegiance that we identify ourselves as? Because I don't, I, trust me, being a Republican is not up on, the, on, the, on, on my top three or four. There's other things that identify me before I get to that. And the Republican Party's sure pushing me towards being an independent. But um, this um, this business model of hitting to your echo chamber, and then when people say, "Well, geez, why can't we get along?" Well, because everyone's in their echo chamber. So here's what happens: you got corporations like Disney and Coca Cola that that bite, that bite on an issue, but then they call out other people that. Uh, that 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 fight back the other way, right? right? So 
it goes both ways, folks. If you say, oh, uh, you know, don't say gay bill, and we gotta we gotta boycott, uh, we gotta boycott, we gotta make we gotta get involved, we gotta wade into political waters, and then they get upset when. Uh, I don't know, like somebody like Shapiro starts a razor company, you know, to, just to get people to ditch uh, Harry's razors because of their political stances. Right. So you see, you get a reaction, and everybody puts their money on on one side of the on one side of the bet, and and then and then they're con- they're confused when people on the other side say, "Well, okay, we'll do that too." Right. But you're right. Even like buying decisions, like the whole thing, like I know people, lifelong Coca Cola drink, pre- preferred Coca Cola. Drew the lines. I'm I'll drink Pepsi now. I'm not drinking. I'm not buying or drinking Coca Cola anymore. Right. I know people, m- multiple people, that have that have gone down that route. So it's not just what's happening inside the Beltway. It's buying decisions and lifestyle decisions. I know a lot of people would say, "I will. I won't go to Disneyland anymore. I can't. I can't support that." Yeah. So I know, this is how it uh, all happens. How many people dump their Disney Plus streaming service? Right. That was another thing. Right. Part and you of look this. at Disney stock, and the market has voted. I still don't buy Heinz ketchup because of John Kerry. Wow. So there you go. It's not like you used a lot of ketchup to begin with. I've, I've heard you speak about ketchup. You've opined about ketchup. But, you know, this is how it goes. So, I mean, it's not just politics. It's not things that are happening in legislatures. Now it's things that are happening in the marketplace. And it all just rolls downhill. Again, there's there's virtue signaling. There's ego. Right. There's business model to the to the echo chamber. Both sides are doing it. And so the question is, the people in the middle, right? The people in the middle, what what's the story there? Are they giving are they just giving up? Or they just pay attention on presidential elections? And and it's not like either party makes it easy for an independent to run for anything. When you look at how it works for getting your signatures to get on the the ballot, uh, and of course, you know, um, if you're uh, doing nonpartisan elections and you're an independent voting in Oro Valley or Marana, you're not getting a ballot. I mean, it's a silly place. Let's try uh, Brushfire on line 47. Brushfire, good morning. Hey, good morning to you and good morning to everybody that's called the wakey crowd, I call them. The yeah. wakey crowd. It's true. Good morning to all. I hope you all have a wonderful Friday. And I would like to shamelessly promote a little place on the east side. Is that okay? Sure. We do shameless plugs all the time, buddy. La Herradura, corner of Golf Links and Harrison. Okay. And if you want to give, if you want to give Matt my number, I I will buy him lunch. <laughs> and of course, you saw the other day, like thirty five dollar lunch, right? Bloody Mary and a and a bowl of Calde Caldo de Reyes, whatever beef soup. I this place is absolutely incredible. Right next door to Mulligan's. Yep. Which I met you at Mulligan's that night, right? That's true. Um, I'd like I'd like the people on the east side of Tucson, let's support this place. They're locally owned, and they have a killer menu. They they really do knock it out of the park. And and talk about beat me up with service. I just went in there. I just wanted I wanted I wanted something like hearty, like a like a real meal. And I went in there and I got a real meal. And it, it's it's something I would like to promote. I like to keep this place open. Well, I, I, I've had that before, right? Where you're like, I really like this place. We don't want it to not not open. Uh, so they just opened up. I just saw this on their Facebook page. They opened up on February 13th. Oh, no, that's their Kenny Road location. I apologize. 
No, I was out. I was out at Kenny and Bob at the old place. Yeah, um, probably eight years ago. Yeah, but no, they just opened the one over here. I think it's been about two months. It's been open. Oh, beautiful. Okay, beautiful restaurant. Lovely. Everything. I sent you all the pictures and everything. I know that doesn't. If you want to, it's really, really home, hometown Mexican food. Awesome. That little place right there. Well, again, it's a beautiful restaurant. We we love Mulligans, so now this place looks pretty amazing next to it. So all of a sudden, Golf Links and Harrison might be coming one of the, the corners to get a good bite to eat. So nice. I'm trying. All right. I'm, I'm, you know what? And I, I like people that have locally owned restaurants. Keep the money in town, right? Guys, don't go to McDonald's. Go to go to La Herradura, right there at the corner of Golf Links and Harrison. Amen. It's it's. It's cool, man. It's cool. And your money stays in town, and the people are very, I mean, you talk about excellent customer service. I, I They beat me up with service, and, and I don't get to say that very often. That is and very, I I, I'm rarely beat up by service in, in restaurants, so. Oh, yes, you are. Sean, thanks for the heads up on La Edadura, Mexican grill and seafood. Let's go to break. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. <laughs> now that's a spicy chili relleno. Wake up, Tucson. Juan makes a good chili relleno, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 Voice, local news and talk. 8.50 in the morning, you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 Voice, local news and talk. Um, so, Matt, you're, 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 you're trolling through the old news like I am. All right. Operative word troll. So you, thank you. So, I haven't seen this locally. Maybe they haven't had time to hit it, right? But this is from uh, Julio Rosas at Town Hall. Matt, did you know that the House Judiciary Committee held a hearing in the Yuma County, in the Yuma City Council Chambers? I did not know that. So, this is from yesterday. Hmm. The city council chambers in Yuma, Arizona, were packed with local residents, sheriffs across the state on Thursday to listen to the House Judiciary Committee hearing about the ongoing crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, making it the first such hearing. Maybe they were too busy promoting or uh, covering a reality show or something. So Yuma County Supervisor uh, Jonathan Lines, we know Jonathan, Yuma County Sheriff Leon Wilmot, and Dr. Robert Trensel, President and CEO of Yuma Regional Medical Center, each testified how the influx of illegal aliens and drugs coming into the area are straining the resources for this remote town. Hmm. Um Thousands of hundreds, hundreds of thousands of illegals have entered into the Yuma sector, each, many of them requiring some level of care. This has, wow, this is where a Judy Rich would never let this happen. I'm just going to tell you, Dr. Trunsell, 26 million in unpaid bills for illegal uh, immigrants. Yeah. 26 mil. In Yuma. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe Judy can do a raffle in Yuma. Um it also caused uh, caused care for U.S. citizens to be delayed or sent all the way to Phoenix because the local hospitals were full. So yeah. I told you I had a friend of mine during the holidays who got in a car accident in Tucson. Okay, she lives in Yuma, and then she was back in Yuma the next day because sometimes you have that delayed uh, effect of the car accident. And so she might have had what was it again? Something had to do with an internal injury. 
and she couldn't get into a, anything in Yuma, so they had to ship her to Vegas on a helicopter. To or a plane? Wow! To Ve- to Vegas to not, check out her because not Tucson, not Tucson or Vegas. Vegas. I think Phoenix was like too full. Hmm. I don't know what's going on there. Um, uh, Trensel sorrowfully acknowledged the delay in care to U.S. citizens since they treat people based on who needs it most. Hmm. So, anyway. I'm just telling you. So now we got to see. We'll give we'll give them a few days till Monday. If anyone in Southern Arizona covers that the U, the House Judiciary Committee had a hearing Amazing. in Yuma, Arizona. Amazing, they would uh, ignore that because that's kind of a big deal. It's news. Yeah, that is news. I mean, locally they'll tell you a story about you know Raul Grijalva farted at an environmental meeting, and uh, we can't get this going. So. Um, I just want to have a little bit of a discussion to wrap this up about, and I, 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 I had this recently with a friend of mine um, where I keep seeing people, we don't talk to each other anymore. We talk around each other. We're talking past each other. And that is getting like really, really tiring. I saw it started with Oral Valley, right? I have certain people who want, and this is not a Mike Zinkin thing at all. It's not. There's some other people who have concerns about what's going on with spending money, different things like this. And then they have council people that they would love to talk to and seem certain council people don't want to talk to them. And so what happens is they start talking around each other, Right. And, and a perfect example, right? There's no better group of talking around or past each other, usually at very loud um, volumes, than the Republican Party. I mean, Republicans are yelling past each other and around each other for the last so many years. And it's getting, like, really tiring. And so when I say this, right, so what's the answer to this is, I don't understand why this... And that's what I love about Republicans. They'll tell you they're not the whiners like the left, right? They're they're rugged individualists. You've you've heard all of that. But they have this fear of inviting someone out for a cup of coffee and talking to them, which is just amazing. I don't understand that. They'll tell you they're going to fight for your rights. They're going to fight in Phoenix. They're going to fight, fight, fight. But when they talk trash about somebody without talking to, they, all of these things that could be like 90% of them could be averted if someone would just pick up a phone and call somebody. But it's like the person who wants to talk around the person they're yelling about for some reason, they don't want to have a discussion about what they're talking about with these other people, and it's just so dysfunctional, right? We experienced this with the GOP people, right, because Shelley Keis was going to come on, and I know there's huge issues between the incoming and outgoing boards of the Pima GOP, right? I'm not hard to find, Right? You can call Matt. I have 15 hours a week where anyone could pick up the phone and call me if you don't know my cell phone number. I'm here. 15 hours a week. 
I wasn't 15 hours a week all the time, but somewhere between two and three hours a day, Chris is available where you just call up Matt and go, Hey, I need to talk to Chris so we can talk on the air or you, they'll give me a phone number and I'll call you back. But when uh, the, the Pima GOP guy's wife and two other people go to Patty and cry to them like a bunch of babies that I'm going to have Shelly Kaison, that's when you call me. Right? When all of you, like I said, it started with Frank trashing Shelly Kais, right? And I said, have you met her for coffee yet? No, I'm not meeting with her. Well, what are we doing? I mean, here's Frank Antonori. He's one of the toughest guys out there. Army guy, total badass. And he's afraid of having a conversation with Shelly Kais. And, but it's not just a Shelly. I see this all the time. These Republicans who want to burn everyone else in the party, they never want to talk to you. Everything is behind your back. I mean, I have seen, I've seen candidates say the worst thing about other Republican candidates, and they say it behind their back. And then when they see them, they give them big hugs. And the party's like, you know, and, and that's the thing, right? And, and, and this guy, Dave Smith, keeps, I guess he keeps saying that he wants the party to come together. Well, what are we doing? How about you tell people, stop talking around each other? Why don't you tell people, and this could be anything. I see it in business. I see it in politics. But start talking to each I don't understand why this is. I don't know if Facebook and Twitter have made us all a bunch of passive-aggressive nuts. That as long as I as long as I yell about this person's a jackass in my little in my back to echo chambers, I did it. I'm brave. It's really tired. It's tired. The other thing is, if you're gonna if if, if Republicans who say they want to win elections keep doing this, they're just gonna keep losing elections, and you're gonna keep losing elections to a party that doesn't actually know how to govern but they seem to have their crap together when it comes to the party. They're dysfunctional on governance, but when it comes to, uh, you know, have, being a team and working to win elections, they're not shooting each other in the feet like we are. Matt, thanks for a nice time. Have a wonderful weekend. Listeners, thanks for a nice week. Thank you for your listening uh, ship, as we say. We will figure out how to get the Dr. Malone uh, interview out there. I, as if you just tuned in, I got blocked by uh, Google from YouTube to putting up that interview. So, free speech reigns on the on the on the on the on the Google.